We work so hard to get stronger, happier, more productive and successful. Don't forget the secret ingredient. Get grounded in play. Play grounding when it's time to get a life. Welcome to Playgrounding. This is Kara Stewart-Fortier. I'm here at the Treehouse at the Brewery Artist Complex here in LA. Today, you're going to hear from Ryan Foy. He is the Play Ambassador Coordinator for the U.S. Play Coalition. They're out of Clemson, South Carolina. Um, meeting Ryan has been really exciting for me. See, um, when I first started the Playgrounding podcast, I thought that I was one of those few people out there obsessed with the idea that play needs to move beyond the perception that it's a fluffy nice to have. You know, like my mission from the very beginning has been to argue that play should be perceived as a staple ingredient in the health and wellness mix. And, you know, that includes diet, exercise, sleep is getting a lot bigger these days, meditation, so on. I want play to be right up there with all those things. So, I knew there were experts in play out there. I'd seen some TED Talks, Stuart Brown, Charlie Hohen, etc. But I had no idea that within a matter of months, I would be drinking out of a fire hose of hundreds of people out there working told, toward the same goal. I mean, who knew? I'm not a special snowflake. Um, there are so many amazing people, um, people like me who want to celebrate play and communicate it to the world. But more importantly, there are scientists and psychologists, healthcare professionals. They've spent their entire academic and careers studying the importance of play. And there are also amazing organizations and foundations, passion projects all over the world that I'm discovering. Um, they're out there on a mission to tell everyone in the world how important it is to play. So I... I've just been trying to collect all this information. I've been creating spreadsheets of resources and, and trying to see, well, I could put this on my website, that kind of thing. But there's an organization out there that's kind of doing done all of that. <laughs> so they're called the U.S. Play Coalition. And while I still want to make my own resources list eventually, and I'll let you know when that goes live, I really want to direct your attention to the U.S. Play Coalition. They're a deep well of research publications, events, educational resources, the depth of knowledge just in the panels they listed for their annual conference in previous years, and I'm sure that coming up in April, I mean, it's insane. And I'll read you a little bit from their about section. They're a partnership to promote the value of play throughout life. They're an international network of individuals and organizations that recognize play as a valuable and necessary part of a healthy and productive life. Their membership is diverse, including educators, parents, physicians, health scientists, park and recreation professionals, psychologists, landscape architects, and many, many more. Membership is free and simply requires a declaration of shared commitment to the value of play. And so, of course, I am so excited to now have recently become a play ambassador with them. And that happened when I met Ryan Foy. That's today's guest. Ryan's role at the U.S. Play Coalition includes connecting with play ambassadors, which now includes me. Um, he engages us with the Play Ambassador Network and promotes the U.S. Play Coalition annual conference through social media. And there's one coming up in April. You're going to hear all about that. He's also co-created the hashtag WePlayChat with the U.S. Play Coalition. It's a professional learning opportunity which connects play advocates from across the globe to share a voice on the value of play on Twitter. 
And um, I've actually really begun enjoying that. You're going to hear about that too. So Ryan is a firm believer in wellness and play being key aspects of a happy, healthy life. His passions include running, weightlifting, and playing badminton. He believes wellness is not a destination. Rather, it is a journey navigated daily through intentional actions which take you from a good life to your best life. And what could be more fun than that? So now let's meet Ryan. Well, Ryan, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Kara. I'm excited <laughs> to be here today all the way from Canada. This is oh great. Oh my gosh. And it's freezing, freezing cold up there, I hear. <laughs> y- yes. Um, there's a lot of ice. Um, oh. There was actually a report um, in the city uh, yesterday that there were some children playing on the street with their ice skates on. So oh they were my skating gosh. on the street. Yeah. Oh, part of me is jealous, and the other part really likes that I just had to put flip-flops on to take my dog for a walk just now. But <laughs> Oh, that's right. exciting. Well, I'm so excited to have met you. I um, I have been stalking all of you uh, play enthusiasts out there because there's just so much going on. Um, and so I was just so excited to get to meet you and learn more about the U.S. Play Coalition. Um, mm-hmm. you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and just tell me a little bit about what you do? For sure. So, uh, like I say, my name is Ryan Foy. I'm originally from Eastern Canada, currently living uh, in Western Canada. And I work uh, as an extension of the U.S. Play Coalition. And the U.S. Play Coalition um, is an organization, a non-for-profit organization that is uh, based out of Clemson University in Clemson, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a bit of my role with, with that organization is uh, I'm, I serve as the Play Ambassador Coordinator. So, I kind of oversee connecting with individuals like yourself, Kara, mm-hmm. um, uh, creating a network um, that allows play ambassadors from you know across the United States, Canada, and, and around the world, um, g- giving them a place to connect online, um, and just That's allowing great. them uh, a place to share their ideas, what's cool and innovative in their communities that's happening around play, and then of course sharing the voice around the value of play. So it's it's really neat. Really cool opportunity, um, something I'm very passionate about and something I've been very grateful for with U.S. Play Coalition. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just amazing. If you go to their website, which will be on the show notes, just the vast majority, there's so many experts associated with your organization from all over the world. It's really amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Before I kind of get into what the U.S. Play Coalition is about and how it got started, can we just get to know you a little bit? Um, what makes you so passionate about play and and um, just tell me a little bit of that story of how you came to be where you are. Great question, Kara. So, um, you know, it, it's interesting. I think that play touches all of us. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, as children growing up, obviously, uh, and even into adulthood. But uh, I was actually working in the state of North Carolina a few years ago, and um, I was working uh, for an organization there called Be Active Kids. And I came across the U.S. Play Coalition Mm-hmm. Um, which was a fairly new kind of organization. And um, and so I, I was able to get involved with them uh, during my time down there. And, and, and just going to the, the first conference um, that I went to, I believe in 2013, mm-hmm. um, I just really felt that there was a passion um, that was not only shared by me, but a lot of other people that play needs to have a voice. Yes. Um, and that it needs to be, uh, that voice needs to be shared. I, I thought I was kind of, a lone ranger, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, in, in that I value play and active play specifically, but 
um, than sitting in a room with researchers and professors, um, you know, and, and academics uh, talking about the benefits of play, the realities of play, and, and looking at North America in general. I, I think it was it was a real eye opener for me, and mm-hmm. uh, and then I just kind of stumbled into the field. You know, I I had some conversations afterwards, and um, it supports a lot of what I do. I, I believe in wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, wellness is a part of my life every day. Um, and I believe that play is essential in, in that wellness wheel. And I think that when we don't have that, um, and we don't, we don't play enough, I think that our wellness kind of shifts and, and doesn't, um, it doesn't quite become the forefront of our lives. So absolutely. Yeah. And so tell me a little more about what you actually, what you do in wellness. Uh, well, right now, um, do you mean in terms of the U.S. Play Coalition or um, just kind of in general? Just in general, what you do that um, makes someone like you a good fit for U.S. Play Coalition. Uh, yeah, it's a good question. Um, so it's funny. I believe that wellness is not, you don't just wake up one day and all of a sudden you're like, okay, I've achieved wellness. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a journey. And every single day you wake up and one of my beliefs is that uh, wellness is about making decisions that make take your life from being a good life to being your best life. Mm-hmm. And um, so every day I try to be physically active for at least 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether that's play or exercise or whatever <laughs> you want to call it, um, I usually call my gym my playground. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's a real big piece to my physical and, and emotional wellness. Um in, in the winter here in Canada, I find it very, very tough because it's very cold and dark. So, yeah. you know, for my mental wellness, um, I do a lot of reading, a lot of researching and, um, yeah, just a lot of connecting with other people that are like-minded people, mm-hmm. such as yourself, uh, Kara, mm-hmm. so that uh, I'm able to make sure that my mental wellness is good. <laughs> um, and then, of course, my spiritual wellness, um, you know, I have a, a, a higher belief system and mm-hmm. And I believe that's important uh, as well. And, you know, again, the way I look at it is kind of an interconnected web, you know, and you're mm-hmm. always kind of refining one area of your wellness. Yes. Yeah. I think I, you hear the word wellness and it feels like it fits into that fitness and health category. What do you eat? And it is, it does encompass that, but play is a huge part of mm-hmm. wellness as well. Um, so who started this U.S. Play Coalition? Um, how, did this, how did this whole thing come about? Yeah, so great question. Um, so uh, there were two uh, co-founders of the U.S. Play Coalition. Um, so those two in conjunction came together and said, hey, you know, there's a need to uh, discuss play. There's a need to uh, do research around play, and there's a need to host professional development on that. So um, it actually started as a play summit, mm-hmm. um, and that I, I'm not 100% sure on the year, but um, essentially what happened was the summit was a gathering of, you know, 25, 30 people discussing, uh, play from different, uh, different background areas. And then it grew from a summit mm-hmm. into its first ever conference. Um, and then every year since then, and I, I believe the conference is going on the fifth or sixth year. Um, mm-hmm. but ever since then, the conference has continued to grow. Uh, and this year it, it, it will, um, our numbers are looking like it will continue to, to, to grow. So, um, you know, it's, it's just very interesting because it's two very intelligent people that Mm -hmm. were very passionate about play that just sat down and said, Hey, we we need to address a need here. And, um, and now the impact of that work and the, you know, with the research grants that they are able to offer, um, as well as the opportunity to go and get good professional development, 
mm-hmm. um, is really neat as a, as a byproduct of that discussion. Yeah. And is there kind of a unified voice around why it's important or is it just why, why play is important or is it, you know, just kind of the, the platform is there for people to give that explanation um, in general? Good, good question. So speaking on behalf of the U.S. Play Coalition um, and their belief system within um, within the voice of play, um, mm-hmm. you know, they believe that it is a basic human need um, that provides a foundation for um, all areas of development. Um, you know, and it's an essential part of uh, of a person's development mm-hmm. to allow them to reach their full potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and believing in equal access to all forms and types of play opportunities. So, you know, we, we want um, all Americans, all Canadians, everyone around the world to have that equal access to different forms of play mm-hmm. and opportunities for play. And we know that in some areas of the world, it's not, uh, not quite as um, uh, the, the ability to play is, is not quite there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we want to provide a platform for for that voice um, and and for that um, that connecting. Mm-hmm. That's great, and I know yeah. it's it's one of those things that we all know that it's good for us. But I don't think I'm thinking for the people out there who are just really busy. They have kids. They don't really have much time during the day. Um, it's one of those play is good for you, like taking your vitamins. But what would you say to that person who may be listening, who kind of gets it, but you know, doesn't have time, isn't making time for it. Um, what is a consequence to not playing? I mean, what is, if this is a huge group of very intelligent people who put together a huge conference that's, you know, this is a lot of effort to go into this if it's just a nice to have. Um, what are the consequences of not having play in our lives? Mm-hmm. That's a very good question. And I'll, I'll kind of break it down a little bit from what I see. So the the fortunate thing about where my field is taking me is, I, I've worked in in two different countries, uh, both in the physical activity and kind of play world, and I see a lot of commonalities. Um, that your play is not valued; it's, it's very undervalued generally in society, and I think that's because of multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. Some being that there's no immediate outcomes of play. So mm-hmm. when you write a test in school, there's immediate outcome. You know, you've either yes. passed that or you failed that, mm-hmm. and that's measurable. And then when we look at exercise, even exercise itself, um, there's some immediate impacts and then, of course, some long-term benefits to that. But when you look at play, uh, it's generally put in its own category where it's non-academic. It mm-hmm. is There's no real outcomes. There's no real objectives. And so it just gets kind of pushed over to the, you know, the back corner of the room, so to speak, because, you know, it, it's not productive. And, um, and I think in a society that values production, um, mm-hmm. you know, we, we often overlook the, um, the true benefits of play because maybe, yeah, maybe it isn't productive, but maybe it doesn't have to be productive. Yeah. You know, imaginative play is an imaginative play and mud play is mud play. And, you know, um, creek play is creek play and nature <laughs> play is nature play. Like, you know, we need to allow children and, and adults to have those, um, experiences that maybe don't even have an outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's very hard for people to quantify. And so I think if, if that gets missed early um, and gets missed often, then I think that we're, we're really hindering childhood development and then mm-hmm. that trickles into youth development and then adult development. And one of the, one of the first keynotes I've, I heard at the U.S. Play Coalition was actually Dr. Stuart Brown. Mm. Um, yeah, a phenomenal guy. And 
he did he he had some very good extensive research and you can check out his TED talk as well but Absolutely. he talks about yeah so he talks about the biology of play and um and how you know different species all other species they have interspecies play mm-hmm. but he said why is it that you know, with humans, we just, we just don't feel like it should be natural when really it is natural. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he has some very interesting stories. If, if anyone listening to this podcast has an opportunity to connect with Dr. Stuart Brown at some point, he's a fascinating man. Um, and he was able to study inmates that were in prison that had a lack of play in their lives. And mm-hmm. he was able to find some very interesting research. And I, I would hate to quote him on his research without uh, having it in front of me, but yeah. get a chance to check him out because he had some phenomenal research on what can happen to a person when play is not in their lives and then what what is the inverse relationship of that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really amazing, amazing. This TED Talk is great. I'll make sure I include that on the show notes. Um, great. Um, so give me an example of a few of the people from the U.S. Play Coalition um, just to get a little snippet of, of kind of some of the people that you put on this platform, some of these voices. Um, are there any that you'd like to highlight anyone in, you know, who's in particularly inspiring to you? Uh, well, that's a great question. I think definitely Dr. Stuart Brown as a former keynote of the conference, um, mm-hmm. really stood out to me at a time that that message really hit home to me as a young professional. And, um, I know that, uh, Peter Gray is another very good play influencer across across the U.S. and and his work is known across the world. But honestly, I'd say um, you know the executive director of the U.S. Play Coalition right now. Her name is Stephanie Garst, and you know the way she uh, approaches every day, the way she approaches the organizational work that she does for the U.S. Play Coalition, and and just the way she interacts with funders and uh, and partners, and and just her 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 um, passion for life and play is is phenomenal so I actually mm. really look up to her and I I think she she leads by example as a great role model uh, as a family as a mother uh, to a family that that play is essential and and um, and she kind of lives that every day so so she's one I really really look up to um, and then of course dr. Stuart Brown from the academic world I really look up to to his his research Oh, it just it excites me so much knowing that I may be able to meet some of these people. I'm definitely going to be at the conference in April. Uh, just so excited about this and really want to meet Stephanie. Um, I'm, I'm always excited and impressed to meet parents. I know I haven't talked about kids much on the podcast and almost on purpose because it felt like when I started, I wanted to make sure people knew that this was about play for everyone. And if I started with kids, I could get pigeonholed pretty quick. Um, and I, But at the same time, I, I need to learn more about this. I want my audience to, to learn more about how it starts with children and childhood. Um, I know you've, you guys do a lot with children and talk a lot about that. Is there... Um, I'd kind of be interested, especially knowing Stephanie is a mother herself. Um, what are some of the trends you're seeing with children and play these days and the need for more of it there? Oh, this is a great question. Um, and I love that we can actually talk about this because <laughs> this needs to be talked about more, Kara. Absolutely. Um, so I, I had a light bulb moment and a light bulb moment is a aha moment. And I was actually at, um, it was called Spark. Um, and it was on downtown, uh, on Fayetteville street, downtown Raleigh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And it's basically just a festival where, 
all forms of play happen. There's art happening on the sidewalks. We had our Playmobil there at the time. And I had an epiphany because it started to rain and these kids were, were fort building mm -hmm. and they were using just loose parts, uh, building a fort on the side street off Fayetteville street, downtown Raleigh. And it started to rain. Uh, and these, these two children, their, their dads were both off to the side talking. And then as soon as the rain hit, the two dads came running, dashing in, grabbing the kids, taking them away. Well, of course the kids started crying, both of them. <laughs> and they were like, we want to play, we want to play, we want to play. So they let the kids go back out. And they were splashing in the puddles, jumping up and down, continuing to build their fort. And I went up to the dads uh, individually and said, hey, like, you know, like, what, what, what do you think of this? Like, what, <laughs> what are your thoughts? And, and both of them said, you know, we learned something today. And I said, well, what's that? And they said, we just both learned that um, the children don't care about the weather as much as we do as, as parents. And children just want to play. Yeah. And, and, and uh, so I... That was a big aha moment for me to realize that, hey, we kind of need to wake up a little bit as a society and, and understand that, you know what, there, some of the, the, the benefits of play are, are there. And, the, and especially when we look at risky play, I think um, there's some really good research out of University of British Columbia in Canada around risky play hmm. and the benefits of risky play. And I think that in our society, we, we become bubble wrap very easily and Yes. And we just want to bubble wrap our kids and, and even ourselves and, um, and and then send us out in our cars to drive to work every day and send us out on the playgrounds. But in reality, you know, if we really want kids to be durable and we really want kids to grow up and be resilient, you know, they have to face adversity. They have to face challenge mm -hmm. uh, and they have to meet those challenges and, and develop emotional regulation in those challenges. So I think that those are very important pieces. And I see a trend in society right now. Um, that's not allowing those processes to happen, especially yeah. for kids. And so my hope is that podcasts like the Play Playgrounding um, podcasts and others and, and the U.S. Play Coalition are, are able to have a groundswell of good research, good knowledge, and good uh, conversation to, to bring that voice forward to say, hey, play, play is a good thing and just let it happen. Yeah, I mean, and what I mean, I know that everybody kind of sees the world differently now. I know I grew up in the early 80s as a child, and it was not an issue at all to run around in the backyard, um, then to run out into the front yard and ride our bikes off into the neighborhood, which seems like that's just unheard of these days, um, not only mm. from the pers aspect of being able to just run off and play and build forts, you know, but also... Mm that I had time to run around the neighborhood. And I, 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 when I think about that now, it kind, of make, it kind of makes me think. I know most of the people I know who have children, they're very busy, mm -hmm. uh, very structured. Every moment of the day is, is planned out. Um, I don't know. I just I feel like it's difficult. I, I can't imagine that kind of play happening much these days. <laughs> and, that, and that's a good point, too, because that's something that I, I've noticed across the board as well, Kara. I mean... I think there's benefits to having a schedule, 100%. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, the, the whole reason why we were able to connect is because we have a schedule. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, but then there's there's also hyper-scheduling, and, and we need a lot to allow kids to be kids. And whatever happened to the days when you could have an unstructured play date, well, now it has to be like you got to send the calendar invite, the other person has to accept the calendar invite, mm -hmm. and there's got to be this signed and that signed, and it's just like – just it's it's sometimes it goes a little overboard and I understand that actually the reality, happens but, uh yeah yeah wow. it, it, it actually happens yeah so <laughs> I'm out of touch <laughs> yeah yeah um 
so yeah, there used to be a time where you could just go out and shoot hoops in the backyard, but now, like you say, everything is very structured, and hmm. we still call it play. But um, but it, 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 we're losing that sense of what is really unstructured play and what is really uh, self-motivated, self-directed play. You know, it makes me think, too, of for adults, we're in the same boat as far as what we call play. Um, we throw it on our schedule. Maybe it's a happy hour after work or we're going to a movie this Friday night, you know, as a family or you know, the number of things that kind of fall into the play category or the, the leisure activities category. Um, I have a hard time presenting myself with unstructured play. Uh, when I, when I actually give myself a moment, I don't know what to do. And I feel very anxious because I figure I I should be doing something productive. And, um, so it's, it seems like that as a habit and as a, as a practice, if it starts as a child, because in those moments, all I can think back to is how I played as a child. And I, I know we keep coming back to this theme on this podcast, but, when we are allowed to play like that as a child, it gives us a platform then that we can spring off of at other times in our lives. We haven't lost it completely if we've had it in those times. Um, to- totally. And, you know, I'll raise, I'll raise two good examples. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I don't know Jimmy Fallon personally, <laughs> um, but I do really love his, his show. Yes. And, and I think what separates him from all the other late night shows mm-hmm. um, on his network or similar um, is he just looks like he's there to play. Absolutely. Like, I mean, when he's doing like lip sync battles, whatever, I mean, <laughs> he, when he's doing his skits with Justin Timberlake, like, he just wants to play. Like he just wants to have fun. And, mm-hmm. and I think that that's like, I'd like to know, I'd like for somebody to interview him and be like, Hey, what was your childhood like? Because I guarantee there was some, a lot of play in there. Oh yeah. Um, just by the way, he kind of lives lives his his style and his life. But I know that in Canada, uh, and in general, one of the best hockey players to ever play the game, Wayne Gretzky. Um, he is known. I live in the city that he used to play quite a bit in in Edmonton, and he is known here for when he was playing for the Oilers. He would actually drive around in his car when the Oilers were not playing, and he would find random. Uh, random groups of children that were playing pickup hockey on the mm-hmm. street, and he would get out of his car, grab his gloves and his stick, and play with kids. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so here, here's a guy that you know is in the hockey hall of fame. He's going down the history books. Um, you know, probably one of the greatest players to ever play the game. And at the height of his career, you know, here he was playing pickup hockey on the streets of Edmonton. And a lot of people say, you know, they validated those stories. That, yeah, he, yeah. You know, he would just go out and just play with kids and. That's what he was used to. He was used to playing as a kid, and he just wanted to play the game. So I think that we lose that because now we want everything to be so specialized and so structured. But you know, we got to let them let them play, let them discover the world that they want to discover. Yeah, no, that's that's important. Wow, that's a great example. I know. I, sometimes I like to, if I'm around kids. I try to like talk to them like they're little adults, you know, just have some fun with them and just like listen to their conversations. It's one of the most fascinating things to me is when they get started telling a story that no one else wants to listen to. <laughs> Usually there's something really, really exciting happening and they, yeah, I'm, I love being the crazy aunt. It is one of my favorite roles in life. <laughs> Very cool. Oh man. Um, well, you guys are doing so much in this coming year. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how the conference works and what you do there? What kind of how how it all comes together? For sure. Uh, so this year's conference um, is April second to the fifth, 
And um, the conference theme this year is where design meets play. So what we really want to emphasize this year is, is looking at uh, architecture and infrastructure, whether it's outdoors, indoors, uh, mm-hmm. kind of all across different environments. And how can design influence play? And, pr- and promote play. So it's going to be a very interesting conference because this is the first time that the theme has been catered uh, to this message. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're excited about um, some of the proposals that have come in and, uh, and some of the grant proposals as well. So the U.S. Play Coalition in its entirety has given over $30,000 in research grants for, um, you know, research around play. So Giving back to that community has been huge because then you're able to see some of the uh, some of the results of those projects. Um, mm-hmm. Now in 2018, uh, we're we're going to move forward with a theme. Uh, the theme is going to be internationalizing play, mm. and I'm really excited about that because uh, in Calgary, Canada, uh, 2017, there's also the International Play Association National Con- or International Conference around Ooh. play. Um, and then I think the 2018 U.S. Play Coalition Conference will be a nice blend of that as well. And, and it's very interesting. I mean, we, we host um, within the conference itself. We draw quite a big audience from all the way from Maine to California to Canada, mm-hmm. uh, even some from New Zealand, for example. So wow. people are. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of gaining international uh, recognition for. Yeah. Uh, for the voice and the, and the platform that it provides. Um, so I think 2018 will be very cool to, I know we have some play experts we engage with quite a bit in Denmark um, mm-hmm. in Australia. And so we want to bring them, bring them in and, um, and continue those conversations on, on global play. So um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of a bit amazing. of, both the, yeah, so that's, that's an overview of the conference. Um, during the conference, of course, we'll have multiple keynotes, um, multiple breakout sessions um, catered to either research or action-based uh, or sorry, action-based presentations and things mm-hmm. like that around play. And um, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to really quantify the conference because it's, there's so many just really good conversations and rich discussion mm-hmm. that happens like just in the hallways, um, you know, with, at the university and um, and just the networking itself of like-minded people that just want to talk about play. That is so exciting. And like you, when I first started out with this podcast, I thought of myself as a lone wolf. I didn't know what was, you know, who was out there. And now I feel like I'm drinking from the fire hose. There are just so many amazing <laughs> people and I'm, I'm just blown away <laughs> every time. So, and I thought that, I mean, the first conference I came across was the one in Denmark, and I was really upset that I didn't think I was going to be able to go this year and just came up too quickly, and um, getting to Denmark isn't as easy as, you know. And <laughs> yep. so I, when I saw what you guys were doing, it just, oh my gosh, there's something close to home. And and now I can look forward to many years of meeting all of these people that I, I interact with out there. Um specifically Twitter. And I have been in marketing for over a decade. And of course, Twitter has been a huge piece of marketing and that kind of thing. But I never in all of my years in marketing had as much engagement and true engagement. I'm not talking just people clicking on things, but actually really meeting people that I've become friends with on Twitter. This has just been so great. The play community is just so active out there. I know you guys do a tweet chat. You talk a little bit about that. For sure. And Kara, it's, it, that's nice to hear because you're, you're a hundred percent correct. Um, you know, one of, one of the things I do as the play ambassador coordinator is I, I helped co-create 
Um, it's called hashtag we play chat. Mm-hmm. And essentially, um, it's a Twitter chat, uh, one hour a month um, with a, a different catered topic around play. Um, mm-hmm. And we actually just had our one-year anniversary of the chat, and it was really neat. Uh, you can go on the U.S. Play Coalition website and kind of see a recap of that. But you're, what you're saying, I, I just want to echo that. I mean, I think it's been so neat to connect and become friends with, um, you know, I know there's one gentleman in New Jersey. We tweet back and forth all the time. We're now Facebook friends. He's in our Facebook <laughs> group. Um, and then, of course, in Denmark, uh, you know, Australia. And when people – Every it's so neat, Kara, because around the world everybody looks at play so differently. Yes. Um, and 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 that's that's the really neat thing about it is it's completely organic and people just want to express their beliefs around play and mm-hmm. they want to express some of the great things they're doing. And uh the January um hashtag we play chat will actually be featuring a foundation, a play-based foundation out of South Africa. So we're super excited. Um you know, with, with that foundation being on board and I got to work out the details, but, That's awesome. um, yeah, I encourage all your users and subscribers, um, you know, yeah. if you're not on Twitter, but you're, you know, there's a great podcast here and then on Twitter, it kind of keeps that conversation going afterwards. So check it out. Yeah. And I I know a lot of people who poo-poo Twitter, like ugh, Twitter, it's all a bunch of marketers and yes, that's very true, but, um, I don't know another social network that, I mean, including Facebook where, People who are complete strangers can meet each other like this and really, really, truly engage in these conversations. And I've, I've seen these tweet chats just go, and they go fast too. You have to use the little <laughs> platform, like you're watching and going. And I don't want to miss a single tweet. And I get really upset if I realize I missed one. In December, I missed a couple, yours and one of the um, uh, the counterplay chats. And mm-hmm. oh my goodness, I get really disappointed. I go back and I find the tweets from people, and um, just I, I find myself exposing exposed to so many new ideas. So many. I've started a resource list just based on the people and the books and the organizations that I've been finding there. Um, so if you want to learn more about play, um, definitely, definitely sign up for Twitter if you're not already there. And ch- and if the only hashtags you ever see are these, they're the hashtag for We Play Chat and um, the, the Denmark one for Counterplay. Those two chats are great and I really recommend them. Highly. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. This is this is just. I'm really really excited, and we are not, we are not alone out there. there it's a huge community. Um, the kind of bringing it back, like, what do you think? What benefit do you want to see in the action stuff? Like, what are some? Have there been any projects when it comes down to like just the people out there in the world? for whom play is just not a part of their lives. Um, maybe their children are, they're not really allowing any time for free play. For the people out there who are play deprived, you know, whether it's themselves as adults or children, um, how does the research and the conversation at US Play Coalition reach the, the bottom line, the, the boots on the ground. Um, what are some of the projects or ways that you've seen that have inspired you where you've seen play brought into the lives of children or adults? What are some of those projects? That's a great question. So first of all, for anybody that, uh, you know, is, is, or if you know anybody that's kind of play deprived and you're just like, Oh, I just, I just wish they would start drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> yes. Um, 
you know, one of, one of the biggest things, like I come at this from, um, I, I serve also as a personal trainer. So I always look at things from, from an exercise perspective as well. And huh. usually, you know, when, when someone comes to me looking for a personal training program, um, you know, there, there's a reason, there's a reason why, um, either they stopped, you know, exercising or they, they weren't, um, you know, using proper nutrition or whatever the case may be. And so getting to that, why, mm-hmm. um, and to that point, I think is important. And I think with play, it's very similar. I mean, you know, at some point we either continue to value play or something happens maybe in our lives. Um, they kind of steer us just to not have that, that, uh, f- that enjoyment around play. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely I think what happens is we get, we, we need to be comfortable being uncomfortable and Ooh. play, play is about that play is about being uncomfortable sometimes. And yeah. I think is it's always funny as adults. Cause I mean, you go to like a rock concert, for example, or you go to a concert and everybody's kind of standing around, everybody's just kind of standing around and then more people show up. And then the music starts getting good. And then, you know, after a little while, people start moving a little bit. And then next mm. thing you know, like everybody's dancing, everybody's moving, nobody's <laughs> judging. Yeah. So I, th- I think we, we just need more of that. Like we need more of just be comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, and in terms of some of the projects happening with U.S. Play Coalition, um, the, we'll, we'll announce at the conference some of the uh, action, action grant recipients. Um, mm. I know a few years ago, like when you go on the website, on the U.S. Mm-hmm. Play Coalition website, it kind of highlights some of the really cool projects that are happening uh, around the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so those are really good to highlight. I know in Canada, we're doing some really cool things um, across multiple cities. It's Canada's 150th anniversary, and there's some really cool kind of just play uh, play-based community initiatives happening where cities are opening uh, more parks. Um, they're allowing for more accessibility. They're opening fitness centers for free. Um, wow. for, yeah, yeah. So there's some neat things happening. And I think that people are finally coming around to the fact that, hey, you know, we, we need to break down the silos a little bit and mm-hmm. we, need to, um, we need to be more inclusive with play and, and allow for those, for those opportunities to happen. Yeah. You know what? I, I want to just really what you said about being comfortable being uncomfortable that is a huge huge thing i i didn't even think about it i've never talked about it on here but just the idea that when we are given the opportunity to play it makes us it's very hard to allow yourself Mm -hmm. to let go and allow yourself to do that so that's that's really and kids don't seem to have a problem with this they just it's time to play. All right, bye. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but when it comes down to it, us adults too, wow, that's a, I really like that. I'd like to explore that more in the future. Um, <laughs> another one of the things I'll be for looking sure. for in these conferences. So, wow. Well, you have um, – registration is open for the conference, and I think that's early bird until February 15th, is it? Correct, yes. Great. Yeah. Well, um, usplaycoalition.org, correct? Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, and um, I encourage you to check it out. Um, mm-hmm. And if any of your subscribers are looking to go, um, mm-hmm. you know, they could contact me on Twitter and, um, you know, just, just connect with the larger network of ambassadors, play ambassadors that will be going. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. And if anybody's down to all go together, if anyone's going from California, I will be going. <laughs> um, so I'm really, really excited um, to meet some of these people. Oh. Wow. Yeah, and we and we are uh, one thing I'll say too, Kara, is we're launching um, some T-shirts. 
Um, yeah, swag is always fun. Always lo- fun. Everybody loves a good t-shirt. So <laughs> yeah. we're, we're actually going to be launching a hashtag uh, and a t-shirt that goes with that. So that'll be fun. Stay tuned yeah. for that if you're on Twitter. Absolutely. So um, when is your next tweet chat coming up? Uh, great question. So it'll be Friday, uh, January 27th. Perfect. Um, and I believe the time is 1 p.m. Eastern. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I know, Kara, you're very, very busy, but if you can jump on, we'd love to have you. Absolutely. I'll make sure to put that date on the on the show notes as well. There will be plenty of time between the publication of this episode and January's 27th. So if you'd like to join us on the tweet chat, um, take a little break from work and run out and um, join us. So for sure and thank you this this has been fantastic i I really appreciate any discussion around play it's just great absolutely thank you so much thanks for listening if you're not doing anything in april you can come with me to the u.s play coalition's annual conference find links to conference registration at playgrounding.com 24 also Join us this Friday, January 27th at 1 p.m. on Twitter for Ryan's hashtag WePlayChat. I promise you will make new friends. See you next week when, hmm, there's something about a robot petting zoo? I guess I'll have to see you next time to find out more. Bye! Bye!